Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Danny Mack will do the weekend series for the Cardinals on Ballet Sports Friday, Saturday, Sunday. A day off for the Redbirds in Washington. And Dan is with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Good morning, Daniel. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Everything's good. You excited about seeing Juan Soto for three or more games? <laughs> hey, why not just uh, walk across the uh, the diamond and put on a Cardinals uniform and all is good. Not much will be changed. He's still in Washington. So the rumors are out there. Dan, Michelle and I have been talking about this actually all week. Oh, and I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> but I, I want to get your take. If How would you feel if on Tuesday the Cardinals made one move, added one player, and it was Juan Soto? Well, I, I think for the long term, first of all, let me say that. Uh, I would be extremely, extremely excited as a fan, as a broadcaster, uh, if they added him, no, no question about it, because it's not only for the remainder of this year, but you get at least two more years. And I don't think if you're the Cardinals or any team, you, you pull the trigger on that deal with the uh, idea that you haven't, you know, put a lot of money aside to, to pay him for the long term. So that would be my initial feeling is that there'd be great excitement around seeing him. There'd be an incredible buzz. It would be an incredible piece to the lineup. Um, and you sandwich him right in between Goldie and Arenado or however you want to do it, but you've got, you know, the MV3 uh, going again. Now, that's that's one. Two, though, I would say for the immediate is that there's more um, there's more needs that, that have to be addressed outside of just maybe trying to find yourself that generational-type bat, which is crazy to say that, but, you know, they need some pitching help, and especially with the Stephen Matt situation, um, where he's got the tear in the knee, and it's really uncertain as to whether or not you're going to get him back. Now, you, you, get, you catch yourself a little time here with the off day today and Monday, but at some point, um, you know, you're not going to have those off days, and you're going to have to go through a five-man rotation. I, I think you have to address some way, somehow, uh, the pitching. The catching gets addressed to an extent with Yachty, but, you know, you're getting a very good defensive player, but is he the offensive player he once was? No, he's not. Um, and they need production out of there. Maybe it's the young coming up and providing a spark uh, some way, somehow. But I'm trying to answer your question in a roundabout way here, Randy, where the immediate would be just fascinating. It would be fun. It would be exciting. I'd love it. But I think for um, the immediate as well, it, it doesn't address all the needs that they have. And they, they do have some, some glaring needs in my mind. So, Dan, I'm, I'm trying to decipher here. Uh, there's an obvious need for pitching, but Juan Soto is an incredible player. Do you think just adding Juan Soto to this team would make them more of a World Series contender? I think it could. Um, I I do think that you have a a buzz around that where, and I've been around teams that have done this, when you add players, teams generally get a spark from that. I mean, there's an excitement to that, and that is true. That is legit. 
that you add players, and it doesn't always happen, but a lot of times it does. Now, if you're adding Juan Soto, uh, yeah, I, I think guys around there are pretty excited. And, you know, <laughs> believe me, there are players I've talked to that are like, man, do you, do you think we have a shot? Yeah, I've talked to people that get on the bus. What are you hearing? What are you hearing? I mean, guys are talking about it, man. I mean, it's it's legit. It's out there. And it's legit because they have the pieces. So to answer your question, Michelle, I, I do. I, I just still think, though, there's got to be some type of uh, massaging of the pitching. And, and in particular, I think your starters. Because you're probably getting the best that you can out of Palante as a starter. And he's done a good job. And I give him a lot of credit. He's got guts. Um you know, he, he gets through these first innings and it's not pretty. And then you look up and he's giving you four or five or six innings and you're still in the game. I think he's best probably utilized in the bullpen. I like how the bullpen's coming together with the addition now of Hicks being healthy and Zach Thompson. I, I think those are guys are are, are, are very helpful in, in getting to Gallegos and getting to Ryan Helsley, who essentially is unhittable. But do you have another starter right now that you can match up and say, hey, we can beat Corbin Burns. We can beat Jake Woodford. We uh, 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 Woodford, you know, can you beat these guys that are some of the upper echelon guys? And I think on certain days you can over the course of a long haul of a season. I'm not so sure. But, hey, once you get into postseason play, it's not about the long haul. It's about just winning games and, and advancing. Dan, you know it's going to hurt to acquire a play, player like Juan Soto. Randy and I both think that Jordan Walker should be untouchable. I'm not sure how you feel about that. But is there anyone in the Cardinal system or on the current team that you would deem to be untouchable in those conversations? Well, I'm not giving up Goldie. <laughs> uh, I'm glad to live there. Yeah, that feels uh, like not, a safe bet. <laughs> yeah, I'm not giving up Arenado. Um, <laughs> so those two guys are untouchable. Uh, after last night, I'm not giving up Albert. Oh, no, uh, no. Let's see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can we throw Wayno in there too, Dan? Sure. Yeah, okay. we love Wayno. So we'll, yeah, just for sentimental value, and he's still getting people out. Absolutely. Yeah, Wayno's in there. Um, I think the guy that I would not touch is Walker. He's he's the one. And I have talked to some people here in the last couple of weeks um, on both the major league and the minor league side, and just saying, hey, are these numbers real or, or what? Because sometimes you can get a young player. And you can look at the numbers that they have in the minor leagues, and they say, wow, look at this. So, I mean, the first thing you look at is OPS. And it's not batting average, not home runs. It's not uh, runs batted in. It's OPS. That's what teams are looking at when you're looking at an offensive player. And if you look at Jordan Walker, it's legit. And, and the ball is jumping off his bat. I think his swing is a little bit long, but that's to be expected when you're 19 or 20 and you're playing double A. I mean, he's putting up numbers as a young, young guy, for somebody that doesn't, uh, it's really not supposed to be there. I mean, you, you don't see many get kids his age playing double-A baseball, much less putting up those numbers. So if you're asking me if there's an untouchable guy, he would probably be it. Now, I've heard John Mosellock say um, publicly, and a couple of functions I've done, he's like, look, we've had, in my time, talking about Mo, saying in my time of being a guy affiliated with the Cardinals, the best hitter we had in the minor leagues, I know you're going to find this shocking, was Albert Pujols. <laughs> And then it was Oscar Tavares, and now it's Jordan Walker. And he said, now I think it's probably Albert, Jordan Walker, Oscar Tavares. And those guys all put up massive numbers in the minor leagues. So if you can avoid him, I would think you do it. But I, I said this to BK the other day. I, I, I look at this situation. I mean, what, what are the comps on trying to get a Juan Soto-type player in the history of baseball? I, I saw, I was digging on his numbers the other day, and I love it when you go to like baseball reference or if you go to certain things that you can compare numbers through age at bats. 
um, time in the league, all that kind of stuff. There's never been a player like this that's been available. So there really isn't a comp. And you can sit there and say, well, the Cardinals have made big deals. You, you bet they have. They got McGuire and they got Edmonds and they got Scotty Rowland and they went and got Matt Holiday. But this is different. The kid is 23 years old and he's still, you know, getting better and better with each day, and he already might be the best hitter. So that's what makes this such a unique, I think, um, situation as you try to evaluate on what you want to give up or can give up or will are willing to give up as you move forward. Dan, you've mentioned a lot this season how much you're appreciating seeing Albert Pujols in his last year. July, and we're July 28th now. July, 348 batting average, 392 on base, 630 slug, 1.023 OPS, and that's against everybody, not just against left-handers. He's got a 1.023 OPS this month. He's not only fun because he's Albert Pujols and back in St. Louis, but he's producing at a key time for this team. 100%. I I just sat there and watched the game last night, and um, it made me think back to, and I'm I'm going in a roundabout way here. You know how I jump all around, guys. I I don't really sleep, and my mind kind of (laughs) goes all over the place. But I was thinking of, like, great performances I've seen at different ballparks. And so we've really been limited to go to Rogers Center because uh, we just don't go there very often. I, I thought the best I'd ever seen in, in that ballpark, and again, it was only a handful of games, but do you guys remember when Chris Carpenter went back to Toronto the first time? Mm-hmm. And yeah. he threw a one-hitter, and he was so intense, and that was the team that essentially said, hey, we don't want you anymore because you're damaged goods, and the Cardinals picked him up, and obviously the rest is history. He was awesome that night. And I thought last night was one of the great performances that we've seen this year because it was really, really needed. Um, you know, so much has been made of Goldie and Arnado not being there. And so you're shorthanded anyway. You're running into a Toronto team that is red hot. And, I mean, everybody up and down their lineup is hitting rockets everywhere. They just beat up the Red Sox. They beat you up the night before. They're looking at, what, eight or nine wins in a row and you got the two old guys coming through in Albert and and Wayno doing their thing last night. So when you needed somebody to step up, they got those two guys and they stepped up in a big big way. Um and to your point Randy, uh, Albert to me in the last 3 weeks looks I'm not saying he's the Albert of old, but he is the Albert of now, which is really good at times. You know, you would see it flashes of it earlier this year. Now we're seeing it more consistent. I I think he and I need to talk to him about this, but I think he's trusting his hands even more so against right-handed pitching than maybe we saw earlier in the year where he cheated a little bit more, and then you could kind of get him, bust him in if he went in enough and then you know go away. He still was always hitting lefties, so that wasn't a problem, but now he's hitting righties. And let's face it, um, I think they need to be careful with how much they play him, but I, I would certainly be playing him a lot more and you go to Albert and you say, hey, be honest with me. Let me know how you feel. You know, if we need to get you off your feet or you don't play, for, you know, you don't want to play for a couple of days because of this, that, and the other, we get it because we need you for the stretch run. But I'm, I'm telling you, I think he's got to play a lot more, and I think he will because he's producing. He is a threat right now at the plate, and it is so much fun to watch. And, and you know, I said it last night, and I'll say it again. I've said it a bunch. He, he is I've never seen the guy this happy. I've just never, ever seen him have this much fun playing baseball. He told me probably a month ago it's the most fun he's ever had playing the game of baseball, which is saying a lot because he had a lot of good years, and I would think that was a lot of fun. Um, and it's just incredible to see um, the reaction he gets from for, you know other teams, 
the players, the the the, the crowds that we get uh, on the road. And I think the crowds that we're going to start to get at home, realizing that this is the the end for at least two of the three, um, will energize him. He feeds off the crowd. I've always said that. I always thought that bringing him back to St. Louis, one of the reasons it would be important is that he will feed off the energy of the crowd. I've watched it. I've done almost all of his games. I've seen it. The, the guy is different, and he can't read that off an analytic sheet. And I think that that will happen down the stretch, too. I really do. Speaking of things you can't read off of analytics, Dan, I wish that there was a way to quantify how clutch Adam Wainwright has been for the Cardinals because it seems as if any time that there's a question or the Cardinals need him to go out and in a tough spot in, in a series or during the schedule and pick the team up, he always finds a way to do that. And I know that we talk about him as a, a borderline Hall of Fame guy, but I wish there was a number that could quantify how important Adam Wainwright has been in tough spots for this Cardinals team. I went back, and I wish I knew it off the top of my head. I, I had written it down last night, and I don't think, and I should have, I was doing a lot of different other things when Albert is playing like he is, and he's starting to, like, you know, get total bases. Like, he's closing in. I'm getting your point here, Michelle, but he's closing in on um, Stan the Man and total bases now, too. Albert is, um, and I'd have to look. But that's another big one that's coming up that no one really talks about. But I always try to make sure I don't miss something that's going on with this guy because it's Lou Gehrig. It's, you know, with runs last night, it's, it's now fourth all time in hits passing Rogers horns being Cardinals history. There's major league history. I mean, it's just crazy. Every single night that he steps to the box or does something, he's setting a record. So I try not to miss that. And in the hoopla of that, I think I missed, uh, and I had written it down, but it's an incredible amount of games that in the last three years, going from the beginning of 2020 to now, um, that Wayno has come in on like a two-game losing skid and one or a one-game losing skid, but basically coming off a loss. And when you think about uh, an ace of a staff, I've always tried to define it as that they stop losing streaks, is that you will not have longer losing streaks of, let's say, seven or eight, nine games because that guy's going to pop up once or twice in your rotation, and he's going to stop it. Essentially, he's done that. Now, I did have an interesting stat that I brought up last night, and I think it was um, since 21, he's got the second most starts of seven or more innings. We're talking about a guy that's approaching 41. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is in all the baseball. So uh, the numbers that he's putting up at this advanced age is incredible, and last night was win number 191. And I think that when – and I started looking at – you know, I, men- I try to mention it all the time. The active players are pitchers that are – you know, at the 200 mark or beyond 200. And, I mean, he's right there with the guys that we consider Hall of Famers, Kershaw and Scherzer and some of the others. Verlander, I think, is like 236. But I, I think if he gets to that that number of 200, it's going to be very, very tough for voters not to take a hard look at his full body of his career and what he's done and saying that, yeah, this guy is a uh, is a, a, a certainly a borderline Hall of Famer right now in today's day and age of metrics, but uh, – you know, he's going to have a shot to get into the Hall of Fame. I truly believe that. Hey, Dan, I know you have to run, but I want to give you 30 seconds here because while the Cardinals have the 12th best record in all of baseball, word again last night that the Cardinals have the best local TV ratings, and it's by a mile better than Houston, better than Atlanta, better than Milwaukee, better than San Diego, better than Seattle, better than Tampa, better than Minnesota. All those teams have better records. Uh, Padres have loaded up on stars. Yet here is St. Louis with the best local TV ratings in Major League Baseball, and it's not even close. 
Wow, when did that come out? I didn't see that. It didn't come out officially. I heard uh, somebody was telling me about an internal corporate memo last night. Is that right? Yeah. Man, I'm telling you. Well, in 30 seconds, I would say thank you, Yachty. Thank you, Albert. Thank you, Wayno. (laughs) And uh, most importantly, thank you, fans. Because it certainly ain't the broadcasters, I can tell you that. Um, It's all about people in this town and I've said this a lot. It was, you know, interesting last night in talking with um, a gentleman that I work with, and I used to work with him in hockey, and he kind of is a behind-the-scenes guy, and uh, I hadn't seen him since probably 2014, I think was the last time that we were there, and I used to work with him, and we have kids that are similar ages, so it's it's been fun, um, but I used to work with him in the late 90s with, with the Blues games, too, so I've known him forever, and uh, we were just talking. He said, man... It's so cool to see your fans that come out to, uh, you know, to Toronto because we had a pretty good amount of fans there last night. I don't know if you could tell. And, mm-hmm. and the Toronto fans are really into it, too. So they're drawn again and they're having fun and they have an exciting team. But he said, this is a really good amount of Cardinal fans. And I said, it's just it's amazing. I said, we have just an incredible sports town um, that obviously you guys have, and hockey is reign supreme, obviously, up there. But I said, you guys saw what we did with the Blues, and, and they sell out just about every night. I said, the the crowds with baseball are just incredible. I said, we have a new soccer uh, team that's coming to town, and the stadium is just magnificent. And um, and and it's unfortunate what happened with football. And, and he started telling me about, well, I got to tell you, hey, up here, we didn't like that, huh? You know, <laughs> he, was, he was telling me all about it. But it's it's about the fans, man. It's what we do well, and that's – and that's sports. So thank you to everybody that tunes in and, and watches and enjoys it. Daniel, have a great day. Have a great time in the nation's capital, and we'll be watching over the weekend. Okay, buddy. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too. See you later. That's the great Danny Mack on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.